Good evening and welcome to Spooky South Coast. Tim Weisberg with you, along with science advisor Matt Moniz. Stephanie Burke will join us a little bit later on in the program. And uh, we are here to talk about the paranormal, as we are each and every Saturday night. And we have just made it here by the skin of our teeth tonight. It's so much stuff going on. A ton. I mean, first of all, so many events, but then we've all been coming down with something. <laughs> Over the last couple of weeks. Last week, my voice cut out halfway through the show. I apologize, everybody. And you know what's funny is I had just been talking last Saturday morning about how in the early days of Spooky South Coast, because I had a problem where for every year, at every every year, around this time of year, I would get tonsillitis. And they would never take out my tonsils. Because they're like, well, you're older now, and if it was going to happen, it should have happened when you were younger, and uh, we're just going to give you an antibiotic. And this happened every winter. And I would lose my voice for weeks. And I, I really think my wife was paying off the doctor. <laughs> because she's like, well, if he gets his tonsils out, then he'll be fine. He can keep talking. But if he keeps getting tonsillitis and loses his voice, I get a couple of weeks of peace each year. So the, the show had started in 2006. We're about to celebrate our 10th anniversary coming up in January. And that first year... I lost my voice for a couple of weeks, and it hasn't happened since. I've, I've, I've made it a point to try and take care of my voice, but for some reason this year, I think being dragged down from running around so much in October took, took a lot out of me. Yeah, October was a marathon. And so I didn't stay on top of this, and I didn't get ahead of it, and it got me. And so I lost my voice for a couple of days this week, starting in the middle of last week's show. And I always said, I'll never do another show where I sound like this again. But it was getting to that point. And if you go back and listen in the archives, like the Heidi Hollis show, yep. you can hear me. Ah, 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 ah. And, you know, it's it's almost like I can say that if I talk like this, it's not a bad radio show. You know, if I talk like this. Because I listen to, you know, all different kinds of stations. And there's a guy on CBS radio, his name's Scott Farrell, and he talks like this. And this is how his voice sounds. Remember Wolfman Jack? And at least Wolfman Jack had some inflection to what yeah. he was saying. And he had some attitude. And it was gimmick, a lot of that with Wolfman Jack, too. Yeah. But Scott Farrell is just, it just sounds like that. It's monotone the entire time. It's just like this. So I'm like, well, if that guy can have a nationally syndicated radio show, people can put up with me like this. But thankfully, my voice came back just in time. I lost it a little bit this morning. I could feel it like cutting out on me this morning. I said, please, no, because I had to go from here. I went over to Kansas across the park, yep. and we covered Buttonwood Park from Brownell to Rockdale. Yeah. And then back again to Brownell, completely covered in cans and non-perishable food items. Thank you to everybody that donated. It's one of the best turnouts I've seen in my, my couple of years of doing it. And that was despite the wind and the weather, and, and, you know, there was a lot of folks. Instead of just pulling up and dropping off the cans like they can do, they wanted to get out of the car, and they wanted to lay them down across the park. So that's always great to see. And then from there, I had to run home, and then I had to go back to New Bedford for the House of Bricks Veteran Slam, which I was the special guest ring announcer for. How did that turn out? It was fantastic. They had a sellout. They completely packed VFW, Poirier Post, and I was hoping all week. I said, you know, the radio audience is pretty forgiving. I can probably get through Saturday morning 
with a strained voice. I can definitely get through Spooky South Coast with a strained voice because I have co-hosts for that show that can help me out. We don't. I don't have that luxury on Saturday mornings. So I was like, uh, I think I'll be all right. I just have to get through the ring announcing. I don't want my voice to cut out because wrestling fans can be kind of brutal sometimes. No. And it actually it held up pretty well, and I was getting compliments. So like, you don't do this all the time. You're pretty good at this. I was like, well, I watch it all the time, and I'm basically just copying what I see on TV. <laughs> so hopefully this will be the first of many appearances with House of Bricks, because unlike other wrestling organizations, they are there for fundraising purposes. So all the proceeds from tonight went to benefit the veterans of the VFW. So, And they do fundraisers for schools and youth sports organizations, and it's all put together by Mike Perkhouse-Baker, and he's got a great group of people that all donate their time and it really, it's it's a fantastic family show. Get out there and see the next House of Bricks wrestling show. And I'm, I'm going to be at a lot more of them. Is Uncle Roger involved with it? He's not, but first of all, I'm going to try to pull him into it. <laughs> uh, but one of his best friends was there tonight. Okay. Uh, Teddy Goods. And if anybody has ever seen Teddy, like if you have not seen Ted Russell, then the next time he's on a local card, go out and see. It is one of the most entertaining things you will ever see. The guy, not only is he a great wrestler, but he's just an entertaining personality. He gets the crowd into it. It's so much fun. And it's, even if you don't know anything about wrestling, you'll enjoy it. But if you know a lot about wrestling, it's, his performance is layered with, you know, all these tributes to other wrestlers. And, oh, it's just, it's, it's fantastic to watch. But everybody was putting on a great show tonight. It was one of the best indie cards I've ever seen. And I actually had to leave early to get back here in time for the show. The main event was an unsanctioned match, a double retirement match, uh, between these two gentlemen who were both retiring, and they were going to have this hardcore unsanctioned match where anything goes. And I was supposed to... Folding chairs? Folding chairs covered in barbed wire. Ooh. Thumbtacks, uh, uh, cookie sheets, trash barrels, everything. They were just throwing everything at each other. And the idea was that I was supposed to, I, was, I said, well, I'm going to announce the main event, and then I have to leave. And so I said to the people involved, I said, I'm just going to do it and cut out. So I got in the ring, and I got ready to uh, announce it. And they said, well, hold on, we're going to have a flag ceremony for the veterans. And so I said, okay. So they said, just hold up, you'll read that in a minute. And the bad guy came out, the heel came out and attacked the baby face right after the flag ceremony. So I was like, uh, I'm not going to say anything. Because I'm not going to ruin the dramatic tension of this moment. So I just said some quick goodbyes, and I made it over here in time. So this is one of the busiest days that I've had in a long time. And last week, I was at Rhode Island Comic Con. So what does that tell you? You know the, you know how those days go. Oh, yeah. I heard that went very, very, very well. It did. It did. It was a great turnout. And what I liked about it is that it was, uh, you know, it's you can kind of tell sometimes in the early, the early years of Rhode Island Comic Con, it was a lot of con people, people who go to these things all the time. And I was seeing a lot of people this year that were going for the first time. And they were like kind of blown away by the whole experience. So that's a good sign because that means, you know, that the geeky, nerdy stuff, people are getting into it more. And that's better off for everybody. Are we going to have a table there with the next one? I know uh, well, we haven't the past couple. but Yeah, I usually don't. I usually don't because... I'm running around so much that I don't bother asking for one. But I think for next year, I want to see if we can get an actual table. Well, Steph and I could probably man it fairly well. And we might be able to borrow a listener or two. I'll, I'll talk to you about that off the air. All right. 
it's a, it's a thing. Politics. Gotcha. We'll talk about it off here. But uh, the you know the Tonight Show. Uh, there's a couple of things that we need to address. A couple of think topics that I want to kick around. Uh, there was a question on Facebook for Stephanie that we will pose to her when she arrives. And it's just somebody wanted her perspective on things a little bit. So we'll pose that to her as well. And we'll take your calls, 508-996-0500-877-996-1420. And with everything that's going on in Paris, with last night's attacks and uh, and all the news coming out of there, uh, you know, I people said to me today, are you going to talk about the paranormal stuff tonight? Yes, we are. We're going to continue doing what we normally do. Uh, but we do have CNN on in the background, so if there are any breaking news that happens, you know, when we see anything major that's happening, we will cut out for any developing news. You know, that's that's kind of just the way that it goes here. As much as I know everybody here enjoys the paranormal talk, news takes precedence if something goes on because we are New Bedford's news talk station. So that's understandable. But you know, that's and I'm talking anything major that goes on that we would have to cut in for. But otherwise. Let's talk about some strange and unusual topics. And one of the things that I wanted to ask you about, Moniz, and I haven't seen you for a couple of weeks to get a chance to ask this, but you had been tracking some UFO stories. Yes. I, I saw some of the, the stuff that you were posting up on Facebook, but you've been getting a lot of reports pretty frequently. Uh, an inordinate amount, actually. There's definitely a flap going on in this area from what I can track from roughly just around the Connecticut border, uh all the way up into New Hampshire and Maine, right along this whole coast. And it's becoming quite prevalent. A lot of reports of orange orbs and daylight, basically saucer encounters. So, So, well, I'll ask this then, because it's just the first thought that pops into my head. We're transitioning into a different weather pattern, into colder weather, clearer skies. And does that kind of open up the visibility more that these could have been there, but we just weren't seeing them through the haze of summer? Uh, I think a lot of it has to do with now that the trees are clearing of leaves. It's easier for people to see the skyline, whereas and normally they're covered in canopy. So, And the other thing, too, is we've had a lot of um, astronomical phenomena going on lately. Yes. Between, of, you know meteor showers uh, and the the super blood moon the eclipse the uh, of, um space junk coming back to earth and, supposedly. and frequent aurora borealis yep. seen in this area so people are paying attention to the skies yes more than they normally would uh so and you said you know you're calling this a, a flap i mean what constitutes an actual flap what would what would well, mufon say is is a flap oh when you get you know Two or three reportings a month, as opposed to what's happening now, where they're getting, you know, two or three a day in and various locations. Not multiple reports of the same sighting. There, there have been a couple of multiple reports. You know, that, but I mean, uh, and to constitute a flap, it would have to be multiple sightings of multiple correct uh, yeah. craft. Yes, there was that situation last Saturday, where in California they were reporting seeing UFOs in the sky. I don't know if you heard about this, but the, the Navy said that they were actually doing some test firing. Oh, yeah, the missiles. Yeah. So is that, I mean, immediately, of course, you know, the people that we follow on social media, immediately the story that comes out is, oh, they're putting the spin on it already, disinformation. It is a UFO. There's no Navy test firing, but. Yeah, no, they were. <laughs> the, um, 
If if you could let Stephanie in when she's ready. Yeah. The that's what I was pointing at. I, I know I'm just trying to pantomime my way through the show. Not a problem. And uh, so that's I mean, that's always going to be the way that it goes. Though it's never going to be a matter of. Uh, we, we just can't take anything at face value. We can't take anybody at their word about things like that because you've dealt with it enough. You've had people oh, yeah. spinning stories at you that you know aren't true. Well, one of the stories that we will tell you that is true, Stephanie's going to have it for us. I don't know if she's going to get into it too much because the person that's involving uh, is willing to come on and discuss it, but just not tonight. Okay. But when Stephanie was telling me about what was going on, I was like, what? Are you kidding me? That's crazy. So <laughs> the fact that it makes me scratch my head and say, what? That goes to my voice just cracked like it was Peter Brady. Yeah. When it's time to change. But uh, so I want to see if we can get a little bit out of her on that as well. Uh, so we got some good topics to kick around. And, of course, you can bring more to the table, 508-996-0500-877-996-1420. I'll also share another story. I've been trying to get an interview with this lady. All day long. And if she's listening, because I sent her all the information about the show, if she's listening, she can call in, send me a message on Facebook. I will give you the private VIP line to call in. I want to talk to the Pastafarian. Ah. And I've reached out to her. I've tried to contact her. I want to have her explain. And I, I don't want to do this in the way that other radio stations and other television interviews might go. I don't want to call her and be like, well, here's a lady who worships a flying spaghetti monster. She wears a collar on her head and her license photo. I want to ask, I want to actually find out about this because I agree with the basic concept of the Pastafarians of the Church of the Flying Spaghetti Monster that it's just as plausible to believe in that as any other deity. Ramen. <laughs> I could tell you were noodling your way to get that into uh, there. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, so, but the, the Pastafarian, if you haven't heard the story, there's a woman from Massachusetts. For once, we actually scooped Florida on the weird story. For once, it, it, we have to say, Florida, uh, Massachusetts woman instead of Florida man. Because you know Florida man. He's the guy that always does all that weird, wacky stuff. So the, this woman who lives in, I believe, Lowell, she petitioned to have to be allowed to wear a colander on her head for her driver's license photo, for her RMV photo. And there's an issue with that because according to the RMV laws, you can't wear anything on your head that would obscure or obstruct your face. But she wears this colander, this strainer on her head in a way that makes it so that her face is not obstructed. So she petitioned the RMV to be allowed to wear this, and there's nothing they could do to stop her. They had to allow it. So now she has her license photo with a colander on her head. And if you look on fun107.com, the story's up there, and you can actually see pictures of her. I love you. You can see pictures of her. Same to you. Wearing the... <laughs> my, my throat is already closing up on me. Uh, but you can actually see the photos of her wearing 
the spaghetti strainer on her head. Stephanie, did you see this story? I'm, I'm assuming that you must have seen the story. I did see the story, and I got a good laugh about it for I, a very long time. I actually researched it today. And it is a legitimate, well, as legitimate as some of these weird religions can be. All right, I can hear you now. There you go. Um, yeah, I, I sat down today because my husband was on a trip, and he came home, and... <laughs> I looked up the Church of the Flying Spaghetti Monster because I just needed to know because apparently I didn't know anything about it. Sorry if you guys already went over this, but I just walked in. So my I went to go type it out to my brother the other day when I saw the original article, and my iPhone auto-corrected Church of the Flying Spaghetti Monster in all capital letters like it was something important. Wow. It's like, well, this is weird. So my brother said, what's wrong with you? You don't know it's a real thing. And I said, no, it's not. He goes, go look it up. It really is. But so, enough that your phone is programmed with it already to, to recognize yes. it? Yes. So because you have a weird iPhone. Have you looked at the website? I have not looked at the website, no. I have looked at the news reports about the woman, uh, Lindsay Miller, but I have not. It is the most hilarious website. thing I have ever seen. There's a link to it on fun107.com on Nancy's story, yes. I have to tell you my favorite part. Hold on. I gotta look it up now. I, I love the the heading photo of uh, Michelangelo's David there, uh, the the uh, Sistine Chapel painting. Yes, but on that photo in other pictures, um, there's a little saying on there that was my favorite. I have to look it up for you. I don't even know if I can say it on air. Put the spaghetti back in the holidays. That's one of their mottos. Really, that's really funny. They actually hand out leaflets. This this is we should have had the. <laughs> Grand high meatball. I think you should join us on the air. We're we're gonna keep pursuing this. This is <laughs> this is definitely not something we're gonna let go. It says sounds great, but where do I start? Spaghetti wenches and metaphysics: a guide to the flying spaghetti monster. Um, they also believe that their religion is all about because you know we believe that humans came from primates. Mm. They believe that humans came from pirates. Well, yeah, that makes and sense. And that heaven is filled with a beer volcano and a stripper factory. Yes, that that I was on board with. Okay, so all you have to do to join is just to say that you're a part of the church. But they make their money by certificates of ordination, which cost 25 bucks. Which I'm contemplating right I now. I think you should do it. Because I am, as, as the spooky South Coast audience knows, I am an ordained universal life church minister. You are, but you're nobody until you're ordained with the flying spaghetti monster. If I get one of these, then, you know, do I, the question I ask is, I understand that this will probably allow me to officiate spaghetti monster weddings. Yes, I believe so. This will probably allow me to perform other services such as spaghetti monster funerals and spaghetti monster baptisms and, and do they, do they cut the tip off the meatballs? I don't know. Is there a, is there a spaghetti monster breast? Since we're on the subject, that. Sistine Chapel picture mm-hmm. um, on the side of this car in a, <laughs> in a parade with the spaghetti monster on top says, touched by his noodly appendage. Oh, you can say that on the air. Sure. That is uh, that is their motto, I guess. Um, <laughs> they also say, we need missionaries, girls. You can dress up as pirate wenches any time of the year. I know plenty of those. There are, I'm assuming, Christians of some sort um, protesting that you need to trust Jesus and warnings that drunks, homosexuals, abortionists, you know, the whole entire thing, hell awaits you. The Pastafarian heaven, there's a big old arrow that says, we welcome all on his list. <laughs> nice. So 
They're at least non-judgmental, which is fantastic. Which makes them uh, one of, like, three religions, I can see that. This guy in, where is this? His Austrian ID photo is wearing a collar and dar on his head, so it's worldwide. Uh, another one won the case in, I think, Australia. I don't know, but it is a worldwide thing. The, this is real. I can get on board with this, but, you know, a lot of religions make you choose one side or the other. Yes. You know, they make you choose one thing or that, this or that, this or that. Does the Church of the Flying Spaghetti Monster make you choose no. marinara or Alfredo? I don't think so. Okay. Because I can't make that decision. Their whole thing is... What's wrong with clam sauce? I like the clam sauce, too. Ugh, but usually, usually the clam sauce is like, that's kind of like a you know a specialized thing. You know, that's like, the clam sauce is kind of like the Jesuit version. You know, there's like a little sift. Yeah. Okay. But I'm, I'm just wondering, you know, is there... Or it could be Hasidic. There could be, yeah, there could be different branches of sauce that you use. For, and, uh, and then we're not even getting into the different types of pasta. Because while obviously the spaghetti monster is made of spaghetti, right? I can imagine they wouldn't want to exclude, you know, farfarel or was it elbows or farfarel, I don't know. There's plenty of You think types. I'd be a cook or something, and I know what I'm talking about. But ziti, ravioli, I worship ravioli now, and I'm not even a pastafarian. Well, I think you need to become one. I'm, I'm thinking about this. I'm thinking about getting ordained because, you know, I, I don't... we're making all, all of ourselves hungry. You know, well, I don't... I brought food, but it's not spaghetti. Sorry, guys. Well, uh, I'm thinking I'm thinking now we have to call, you know, what's uh, it, down the street there. There's one right over there. What's the place? Ricardi's? Ricardi's. You have to have them bring a big thing of pizza, spaghetti while we're talking about this. I vote for the lasagna or chicken broccoli ziti myself, not so, so much spaghetti. The... I think that there's room in this set of beliefs for chicken parmesan. Okay. I believe there is room in this set of beliefs for veal parmesan. And eggplant? uh, Eggplant, absolutely. I've never had eggplant, ever. It's actually quite good. I don't know. Well, it's done right. It depends on how you want to have it. If you want to have it like... Just like sliced and roasted, or, or sliced and sautéed, or if you want to have it breaded, if you want to have like an eggplant parm, yeah, it's all in how you want to have it. But this, this is some pretty deep it. stuff. Uh, um, my mind is already blown. I'm already ready. I, I think that I'm going to consider converting. Okay. Well, I don't actually have a religion, so then I'm not really converting. So I'm kind of just signing up. Sprinkle you with holy parmesan or something. Um, it doesn't say. I hope it's just not. I hope it's not hot now and arrow. <laughs> Hold the baby over the over the turn. <laughs> Pour the sauce in their head. Watch it burn. My mother did just text me to say he she wants you to wear the strainer and says that you can host spaghetti suppers to raise money. That's a good point. Good point. So, when should we do this? I don't know. I think I know right now. Abby's listening at home saying this would make a great blog. <laughs> so, you know, we have to really document this and, and get it all together. And, and we, we, we say all this, but by the time we get around to doing it, we'll forget about it. But I, I really do think that, you know, this is this is the way, this is the one for me. This is the one for me. I've been searching for an answer my entire life, my th- almost thirty-eight years on Earth. I have been looking for that guiding force in my life, that higher calling, that will put me on the path to enlightenment. 
Now, because you're doing this and because you're deciding right here, right now, that you're going to join and be ordained into the Spaghetti Monster. Somebody donate $25 to Spooky South Coast because I don't want to pay for this out of my own pocket. So I'll officiate your wedding for free if you do that. This now means... I wonder if there's like a special hat you can wear besides the colander, like a spaghetti monster hat. We can make you one. Hmm. I don't know. We'll have to look into this. But it's now going to become the, like, the official religion of the paranormal because you did it. I am a trendsetter. You are a trendsetter. Everybody loves to copy you. So if Saturday is the holy day for the Jews, if Sunday is the holy day for Christians, then I know what the holy day is for the Pastafarians. Anthony. It's got to be Wednesday, right? It could be. You know why? Why? Wednesday is Prince Spaghetti Day. She's too yeah, young. She yeah, doesn't get it. I, nope. I, I got it. Oh, well. Like half, half of our audience got it. <laughs> the other half is like, what's he talking about? On Wednesdays... It's Prince Spaghetti Day. It's the day we eat the leftovers from Taco Tuesday. <laughs> well, in case you guys want any more like controversy on this show and this podcast, my Taco Bell cop has Christmas on it. No. It does. No, it does. It actually says the word Christmas? Oh, you got me. You went? No, no. You went to a different I did. place just for me? I did. You were fantastic. I am fantastic. Thank you. Um, it has the holly leaves and berries, and it's got three green sauce packets on it, but that is holiday. It's not just plain red. Hmm. Well, but it's not. It doesn't say Christmas. It doesn't, but we all identify with the holidays. Holidays, a, holly's a seasonal thing. It's a seasonal. They can get away with it. I'm just poking the bear. Well, we, you know, we talked a little bit about it this morning, and I thought that it was uh, ridiculous that people were getting that worked up about it. Mm-hmm. And and now I'll I'll share the story uh, here. If you haven't seen it, I posted it up on my Facebook. The, the entire controversy has been manufactured. The entire controversy was manufactured by this one uh, pastor who tries to make viral videos and get himself attention. The Starbucks cups have never said Merry Christmas. Nobody removed Merry Christmas from the Starbucks cups. Correct. They have always been some sort of variation of the red cup with different designs. Sometimes it was like an overlay. and Snowflakes on yeah, and stuff like that. It's wintery not even things. plain red either. It's ombre. I don't know. But it fades into a cranberry. The cup fades? Yeah, the ombre colors. It starts with a lighter color and fades into a darker color. Oh, going okay, it, yeah. like down the, down the cup? Yes, you're welcome. The it, it That's the thing. is, It only takes one person saying this for it to take off and to have people be all up in arms about it instead of actually researching it. And it's funny because this happened uh, the other day with a story on Comcast Sportsnet. They put up a story about... Donald Trump saying that if he was president, the Patriots would win the Super Bowl every week. But Donald Trump didn't say that. It was Frank Caliendo doing a Donald Trump impression on one of the radio stations. And so they put in the headline, Donald Trump, in parentheses, impersonator Frank Caliendo, says Patriots would win the Super Bowl every day. So people are like just reacting to the headline. Because nobody reads anything they share on social media. And that's the problem. And that's part of the problem is with this red cup crap. Mm-hmm. 
is they didn't bother to learn the actual story behind it, and they just and we see it all the time with paranormal stuff. Yep. We see it all where people just read the headline and comment on it and can't take two seconds to click on it. And once they do click on it, if they do and they read the story, they don't bother to check and make sure that it's an actual verified news source, because nobody loves to, uh, you know, these fake news sites. They get off, I think, on putting out these fake paranormal stories and watching the world explode, the, mm-hmm. the, the community explode. Clickbait. This goes beyond that, though. Clickbait just gets you to click on the website and earn, you know, revenue dollars for them. This is like people aren't even clicking; they're just clicking share. Yeah, they're not, they're not even re, they're not even gaining the, the 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 page views from it. They're just gaining the it's chaos. I mean, that's what they're doing. They just like to cause chaos. So when you see a lot of these stories that are out there, there was one going around the other day about um, it was about uh, somebody saying uh, some something about proving that ghosts are real, and everybody's sharing this whole story without bothering to read it and seeing what it is. And my favorite are the people that you know the the righteous indi- right, righteous indignation people who are like, see, I told you all along, and everybody thought I was crazy for doing this, but look, here's the story, this is definitely real and definitely true. And then if you read the story, you're going to look like a fool for saying all that, because obviously either you didn't read it, or you have no idea how to pull context from something that you've read. It happens. It happens every day. (laughs) Too often. That's the problem. The... And I think that that's part of what what's going on with that controversy, with the Red Cup controversy. I think that's what's gone on with a lot of these stories that have broken this week. I'm trying to stay hydrated, ah, so I don't get all craggy voiced. But that's uh, so many of these stories that people could just solve the problem by reading and bothering to take two seconds to research. And what bothers me the most about this is these are people who are supposed to be. Paranormal what? Yes. And so, yeah, well, you know, I I read every book that comes out on ghosts. But you don't read a news story on Facebook before you comment on it. They read every book that comes out recently. Not the books that basically built the foundation of the paranormal. There's so many that... I mean, I I get lots of books sent sent to me for us to talk about on the show. Right. And a lot of the time, I just look at them and I say, I'm going to file this one away for when I don't have anything else to read, because a lot of it is just regurgitation of the same information. Mm -hmm. And that's cool. I'm fine with that. I mean, I think everybody should have the opportunity to put out a book and have their own thoughts and views put out there. And and now they make it so that you can put out your own book, if that's what you want to do. But the, you know, what I'm looking for are the things that's going to move along, you know, move the information from one step to the next, move the research from one step to the next, and there's not enough of that going on. It's a stagnation right now, and when something is coming out that's different or unique, whether we think that's right or it's wrong, we condemn it because it's different. Mm-hmm. I work on Ghost Asylum. A lot of people like to crap on that show because they try to trap a ghost, and, oh, that's ridiculous. You can't trap a ghost. Why not? Maybe you can. Well, throughout history, that's one of the things that was done quite regularly. They in, trapped a ghost into this item or that item. That's why, you know, these things Haunted were delivered. Yeah. And, and, and technically, like, you can capture energy. 
Yeah, we do that all the time in science, yeah. And all you're doing anyway is, you know, you're trying... It depends on what you believe that a ghost is. But if you are going into a haunted location and you think that these ghosts have free will and have the ability to move from one place to the other, then you're saying... I'm going to trap you into this box, and I'm going to take you back to my lab and put you into this device. Maybe you get a willing spirit that says, okay, kind of had enough of this old abandoned prison. I'll jump on board with that. So just because you don't think that it could happen doesn't mean that it could happen. And, and, and how, did, how did we reach a point where we just accept the majority rule in something? You know, if, if we accept the majority rule in other things... Life would get kind of ridiculous, if you think about it. First of all, Sanjaya would have won American Idol. I mean, that would have just been the end of the world, the end of uh, civilization as we know it. It sounds like it. Trump would already be president. You know, these are the things that would happen if we just let, if we put things out there and be like, well, what does everybody think? We'll just go, we'll go with the toothbrush that 9 out of 10 dentists recommend. It's good enough for us. I think people's problems are all these people are emerging from nowhere, out of the woodwork. They're writing these books with the same information, and they're almost like becoming idols to people that are in the paranormal field or just getting into the paranormal field. I know everybody hates when we call it a field, but sorry. So you have these brand new people that emerge out of nowhere, and they start a following, and then that becomes the same thing, and it's cookie cutter, and it's over and over and over again. The people that have been in the field forever, for years and years and years you know, at least more than 10, we'll start there, don't get any recognition because they're out looking for new ideas because they've been doing this for so long. And it's okay to try a new idea and have it not right. work. Mm-hmm. Moniz, you do experimentation every day in your real life, in your real job. You've been doing it for years. <laughs> <laughs> this is not your real life right now, in case oh, you did not know. Okay. But I'm, you. you know, what I'm saying, what I'm saying is, you know, your day job. In my job, daily career. Your yeah. day job. Yeah. And when you're doing all of that, I'm going to guess that a good portion of the experimentation that you've done over the years probably didn't work. That's why it's called experiment. Yes. It's not supposed to be this is the way. And you know what? I'm guilty of it myself because I was talking to somebody earlier tonight that was at an event at a place where we hold events. Mm-hmm. And they were telling me how it goes, how they're running the event. And I was like, well, that's wrong. That's not going to work. She was like, well, they're letting everybody kind of just do their own thing and feel out where they want to go and... Michael, well, that's unorganized. That doesn't sound like it's going to work. But it could. It mm-hmm. could work perfectly well just because it's not the way that I would prefer to do it, just because it's not a situation that I would feel is the best utilization of the time and space doesn't mean that it's not going to work in terms of getting results. Maybe sometimes our events are so structured that that could Prevent arrest it. something from happening. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's the same. I don't think so, but it's possible. There's no right or wrong way to do much unless you're dealing with something that might explode. There's only a way to... Like it work. Yes. Hopefully gain repeated results. You try the same things again and again because that's supposed to, through experimentation, provide the same results. Any successful experiment or person out there has failed more times than they'd like to admit before (laughs) they get to where they need to go. I mean, you guys, I'm sure everybody out there has seen that stuff floating around on Facebook. You know, Walt Disney got turned down how many times? Oprah got turned down how many times? Look at the Beatles. How many times did they get turned down before they finally get a record deal? So people try and try and try, and they're trying the exact same thing over and over again. They're just tweaking it a little bit each time until they get to where they need to be. 
And I think that if you are an investigator and you go out regularly and you get great results regularly using the same methods, Mm -hmm. then wouldn't you eventually owe it to yourself to try other methods just to see how they work? Now, I understand if you are going to somebody's private home or somebody's requested an investigation and trying to help them determine what's going on, then you're probably going to stick with what works for you and what you've had success with, and that's what you're going to try to utilize. But if you're, you know, how many of these groups do we see that go out to all these public locations all the time? You know, they're like, here we are, we've rented out the, you know, Murdoch Whitney house for the 15th time, and we're going to go and investigate it again. And they're just going to keep going back and try the same things and hope to get the same results instead of trying different things. Like when we did the Houghton Mansion and Josh Mantello was there and the Berkshire Paranormal Group had been there for years running events. And Josh would always say when he's giving us the tour, he'd say, well, we do this all the time and this happens. And we'll do this and this happens. And we'll do this and this happens. And I was listening to him and I'd say, great, we're going to do something else. Nothing against what you're doing, but we already know that that's going to work. Try something else and see what happens. And he was completely open to that. Because, you know, he's an actual investigator and wants to try different and unique things. So, but that's just an example of how one place gets done all the time. Look at Rise Up. They have the uh, the pain house mm-hmm. in Coventry that they're at all the time. And they don't go in there every time with the same approach to every investigation. They don't go in there just saying, hey, you know, you know they don't turn it into, um, you know, like, we all know what happens when we like a 9-volt battery, right? Mm-hmm. And... Every once in a while, you find somebody that doesn't know what happens when you lick a 9-volt battery. Right. And you say, hey, Moniz, come lick this battery. Stephanie, watch. She's going to lick the battery. And we know what's going to happen. And it's like we can always have it happen and then be like, ha, 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 he licked the battery. And that's kind of what a lot of investigation is. It's just having other people come in and lick the battery and see what happens. Mm-hmm. And then we already know, and now you know, and now we all know, and let's go have a beer. Nobody else's 10-year-old mind is coming out besides mine. Yeah. Okay, just wondered. Tim, how do you lick the battery? I I try to avoid <laughs> licking the battery now. Positive to the left or positive to the right? I don't know. Does it matter? <laughs> no. Does it? We will never know if we always do it the same way, right? Shall we experiment? I have a 9 volt in my bag. Of course you do. <laughs> I think paranormal investigators are the only people keeping 9 volt batteries in production. Could be. If it wasn't for millimeters, 9-volt batteries, well, I don't know. 9 I, volts and triple A's. Uh, I should say 9-volt batteries. Triple A's are actually becoming more and more frequent. But I will say that the 9 volts between millimeters for the paranormal investigators, uh, radio control cars, but just the, you know, yeah. the handheld controller, and uh, walkie-talkies, like toy walkie-talkies, or even, even like the... You know, the three-mile radius walkie-talkies, they all seem to run on nine volts. But if it wasn't for those items, nine volts would be like a penny. We can get by without it. It's nice to have it, but we don't really need it. So there's my rant on nine-volt batteries. And oh. I think I, I think I just lost us the Thank Energizer. Thank God we just got through that. It well, was very important, the nine-volt batteries. The, en- the Energizer people are pulling their advertising dollars. I'm sure they are. Because they're afraid to give us nine-volt batteries now. That's how they paid us, actually. That's how they paid for the advertising. You were going to say money's. What about the old 12-volt? Is that the, what, the flashlight battery? Yeah. Funny story. When my son was younger, he had this thing about batteries. 
Like every time that we went to the store, we'd say, Adam, what do you want? You know, do you want a toy? No, I, I want a battery. He was like all about batteries for like a year. And he would want to go into the store and look at all the different kinds of batteries. And I, I, he, to this day, he's like, I don't remember any of that. He was probably like three. But we couldn't figure out what it was. But you would take him into the store, and it's like the greatest thing he ever saw was when he saw the 12-volt battery. He's like, wow, look at the size of that battery. Like, I don't even want to open the hood of the car and show you that because that's what you're going to want for Christmas. <laughs> you know what? Dad, I want one of those. No, he's dangerous. So, anyway, we've talked about a variety of different things here in the first hour, but it's all on the table. We can talk about all of it with you. 508-996-0500-877-996-1420. And, Stephanie, I do want to talk a little bit later on in the next hour about that question that somebody had yes. on Facebook. That was in regards to last week's show. Where we talked, we took a call who was asking us about reincarnation. And so, well, actually, past lives. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, and this person had sent us a message about being uh, regressed many times. So, we'll get into all that in the next hour. And we'll also take any questions or thoughts that you may have as well. But I want to direct everybody's attention to WBSM.com. And you will find a blog post that I put up earlier today with everything that was going on in Paris on Friday night. We have a friend who is in Paris. Yes. And so I actually reached out to her this morning. I saw that. And asked if she would come on and share with us. And she was you know, waiting to get on the plane. So she didn't want to commit to making right. a phone call. And But she sent me some photos and she sent me some, some messages mm-hmm. describing what she went through. So I put that up on WBSM.com if you want to check that out to kind of get a firsthand perspective from our friend Candace Dalton and, yeah. uh, and, and see, you know, kind of what it was like and you know going over there and thinking you know this is a trip of a lifetime and then having it end like that you know must have been crazy it was crazy i um i was sitting at my friend heather's house candace's friends with heather too and for those of you that don't know or don't remember or maybe tuning in um regularly candace is one of my best friends and she's the one that won the scholarship with me for james van prague and She's been texting me her whole trip. She's been texting Brendan, too. And um, I got an alert on my phone, WCVB5, said that there was explosions in Paris and 35 people are dead. And I thought to myself, because my husband travels so much, oh, good, Brendan's not in Paris tonight. And then my heart sank. And I thought Candace is. And she could only text message at her hotel because she had free Wi-Fi at the hotel so she could use iMessage. And... I didn't want to scare her because I didn't know it was a terrorist attack yet. But right. in my heart, I felt like it was. And I didn't want to jump the gun and make her panic. So I just said, hi, how are you? I love you. Are you okay? She answered me back right away, told me she was fine. And I, I sent her what I had uh, read. She said, oh, my God, are you serious? I can hear sirens, but I don't know why. So they didn't even know yet. So I was telling her. She said her cousin was texting her at the same time. Then all of a sudden, everything started blowing up, and things were getting worse by the minute. And it was terrifying, absolutely terrifying for her. It was terrifying for me thinking that she's over there and, you know, the reports of them closing down the borders and everything else. I I can't imagine what she went through. She's still, right now, like, she doesn't even want to talk about it. What I was getting from her in the messages we were sharing was mm-hmm. she, she was ready to kick some ass. She was last night, but I think the fear of not being able to get home this morning... Mm-hmm. And realizing there was a good chance she might be stuck there um, definitely did not help. Which normally, in any other circumstance, you'd be like, oh, man, I'm stuck in Paris another day? Right. Oh, what a shame. Right. But with everything that was going on. Yeah. And I also never realized just how many listeners that we have. 
in not only in France in general, but in Paris. We have a lot of listeners over there from seeing, you know, these people on, on social media saying, I'm okay, I'm all right, mm-hmm. just everybody knows I'm okay. And, uh, and Facebook has that check-in service that is normally for natural disasters. That's what they usually mm-hmm. use it for. But they were utilizing that yesterday so people could check in and say, hey, I'm here, I'm yeah. fine. And so I'm looking at this. I'm like, well, these are a lot of our, like, regular emailers and, mm-hmm. and, and people who tweet us. And, and uh, it, it's really scary because that shows you just how connected and how mm-hmm. you know how close everybody is around the world and France isn't that far from Syria right you know i mean when you're looking at the Just grand of water yeah so this i mean this is something that is you know out there and, and so i'm glad that anybody that's listening is is safe and just a very scary thing and and it's it's something that makes you think that you know it's 10 years ago before we started the show mm-hmm. we might not have felt that you know France would have been a whole world away from us, and, and we wouldn't have. It would have been foreign, you know. No pun well, intended, though. It would have been foreign to us. Ten years ago, before the show, nine eleven had just happened. What three years prior? Mm-hmm. Um, and there was a lot of controversy with France. Right. Yeah, that's true. So at but that I just point mean any, time, I mean anywhere. You know, now that we've gone through the Boston attacks and everything else, coming to a situation like this, and I mean, France wasn't even the only terrorist attacks that happened last night. So there was many more things that occurred and went on, but France was, I think, at, at that point, the biggest death toll. Right. Um, and because it hit so close to home, you know, being an ally and everything else, that people were so focused on it. And there was um, a, an attack that was thwarted mm-hmm. in London earlier. Mm-hmm. I don't know all the details of that. I haven't heard everything that came through, but there was... Um, you know, a suspicious package uh, that was left in one of the airports. Yep. And a person had been taken into custody, so it seems like there are other targets out there. Of course there are. There always are. But, I mean, in terms of, like, this coordinated effort right now. Right. So, I mean, there's there's probably more concerns coming down the pike. So we just hope that everybody out there stays safe. Definitely. Well, we are just about out of time for this hour, but we'll be back following the news, and we'll get all the updates on everything that's going on. Uh, when we come back, we can kick around some more paranormal topics and take your calls, 508-996-0500-877-996-1420. We'll see if we can get Stephanie to give us a little bit of info, at least, about what she's been doing this week and uh, about what you've been dealing with. Yes. Because that's just mind-blowing to me. And we'll talk about some other things as well. So we'll be back in just a bit here on Spooky South Coast on WPSM. South Coast, Tim Weisberg, along with Stephanie Burke and science advisor Matt Moniz. And of course, we are not broadcasting on Spooky TV tonight because I just barely got here in time. Like, literally, I was running in here because we were going to have dead air, so we didn't have time to set up the cameras. You're not missing much. 
No, just me eating Taco Bell. Yes, Stephanie is wearing a North Face. Yes. We're going to put that in so you can get the, the, the plug in, the contractually obligated plug. And the uh, the Uggs to go with well, them. Normally it's the, not the same. Normally they don't see your, your Uggs on Spooky TV. Well, they're up on my, my chair right now, so you actually could. But just trying to make sure that, you know, in case you're trying to get a sponsorship from the North Face people. Okay, we can work on that. Moniz has a shirt with skulls on it. He is unshaven. <laughs> and me, I am wearing a tuxedo. <laughs> of course you are. No, I'm actually wearing the spooky South Coast shirt, you know, because I was promoting us to the local audience. But uh, I did wear my, my suit jacket over it. Did you? So I looked semi-professional. Okay, I like it. All right, so that's that's kind of the way that I... Because, you know, I could have gone the whole suit route and, and worn that, but... You know, you're getting in and out of the ring, and it's, it's you know, I would just rather be comfortable. So I went with, you know, the, the more relaxed look. I like it. And it worked out well. People were saying, oh, what's that saying in your shirt? I'm like, it's the radio show that I host, which is the reason why I'm here. <laughs> That's why I'm the special guest ring announcer, because I have a radio show. You should all be listening. And, I, and I, I hope that we do have some people listening, and I welcome you into the show. It's usually much, much better than this. Usually my voice isn't cutting out, and we have guests, and we talk about planned topics but tonight we're, we're winging it but we do have a question that had popped up now we we talked last week uh, we had the the caller who called in who was talking about past lives and past life regression and he mentioned i think he said that he's undergone regression four times uh if i remember right and so here's the question that comes from ryan over in england uh, he wanted to let us know that he listens to our podcast on itunes and he found last week's show to be brilliant even with scratchy voices I love it. Uh, I love the regression talk and would like to share with you my belief. I believe that we have a certain finite number of lives in the bank and that once you have used them all, that's it. Ryan says that he himself has always felt a strong pull toward World War II, so he feels that that was one of his. Uh, he says he doesn't believe that you are that you die and then are instantly reborn, but there is almost like a delay where in that time the life you led is dissolved from memory which is why he feels you can contact relatives past. He also thinks that's why sometimes you see a lot of regression in young children. And also his theory is that babies could tell you the secrets of life, but they don't have the ability to communicate properly. He would love to hear Stephanie's take on this. So that's a big old loaded question with a bunch of questions in it. So I'm going to try my best. We can to, break it down. We can take we're going to have to break it down. Take it question so, by question. A, it's amazing that he's listening all the way from England. That's awesome. I hope you guys are staying safe over there as well. Um, so, I talked last week about how, well, reincarnation was pretty much the topic that we were talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know how I feel about it, only because, and I think I said on air, that if we're constantly connecting with people that have passed that we know, and it's 100% successful, what he's saying is, you know, there might be a delay and that's why we connect I don't know how long that delay is. There's a possibility that that could be correct, but, I mean, it, it always works. So is it our entire lifetime is a delay? Do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, so that very well could be, but I, we don't know until we get there. Um, there's something else. Oh, so um, his theory about babies could tell you the secrets of life, but they don't have the ability to communicate properly. That could be true, too, um, at the same time. From from experience and from what I've been told and from what I've seen myself, um, children up until the age of five can recall their past lives. So um, 
they usually, I mean, you can go on YouTube and there's legitimate videos on there of kids writing in fluent Chinese and they're not even anywhere close to China. And they have somebody completely like decode the entire thing and it's, it's real. There was that other story, I don't know if we ever shared it, but it went viral about the kid in another country that woke up one day, said he was murdered in a past life and yes, with an Lebanon. axe. Um, I don't. I don't think it was Lebanon. It was in the Middle East, though. Yeah. It wasn't Lebanon, though, because it was. It was a really strange place. I do remember that. Well, I'll but see it you was, um, it while you're sharing it with everybody. It was an axe. He was killed with an axe. Um, he had a scar, and he led them to his body. But because it was like a third world country type thing, they can't prove um, or confirm, especially like being all the way over here. So. Are you looking? You find it? Uh, I don't think I'm going to click on this one. The website <laughs> is www.iisis.net. No, thanks. I don't think I should go to anything that looks remotely like ISIS on, on the radio station computer. Nope. Uh, but I will look here on, on the Pooch Times. Oh, the, I'm sorry. The, <laughs> the Epoch Times. Oh, yeah. Uh, that's, uh, that's where I think I found it. The Pooch. Where the was it? The Pooch. Uh, Golan Heights region near the border of Syria and Israel. Yeah, that's why I... Yeah. So he was murdered with an axe in his previous life. He showed the village elders where the murderer buried his body, and sure enough, they found a man's skeleton there. And he also showed the elders where the murder weapon was found, and upon digging, they indeed found the axe there. So, I, what, but what if this is the case, though? What if... We're thinking of things on um, a linear... Process. We're thinking of things on a evolution process, mm-hmm. where we assume that if this life is over and then we get reincarnated, then everything goes from there to there. What if that's not the case? What if part of it goes on to something else and part of it still remains? So you still could have this spirit version of yourself that can communicate with a medium or however else it mm-hmm. might communicate, while another part of your consciousness continues on to be reincarnated. And maybe that's the point. Maybe the point is that we're supposed to be leaving little pieces of ourselves along the way while the main portion of ourselves continues to evolve. Maybe we're leaving behind the stuff that we don't need, and that's why all these spirits that we're communicating with have all these issues. Because that's the stuff that we're not supposed to be taking with us when we move on to the next version of ourselves. It all makes my brain hurt. I think part of me doesn't want to deal with it and, like, doesn't want to not, like, believe in it, but ignorance is bliss, I guess. Like, you just want to live in the now. Um, or at least that's where I stand. Well, we'll say that how I feel about reincarnation is the same way I feel about UFOs. <laughs> If anybody's listened, they know how I feel about UFOs. Well, I mean, Moniz, you've done a lot of regression with people when it comes to abductee experiences. Yeah. When you've done that, have any past life regression stuff come out as part of that? I mean, I don't know what the I don't know what the process is. I don't know what the questions the, are. The ones I've done, no, but I've been present with other regression therapy, and uh, yeah, there there have been past life. Well, I would abductees. assume that that's that's two kind of different things like a regression of like a memory of this lifetime and then past is like it's two different things but i mean sometimes if you're having somebody recall an event right you know you never know how far back they're going to recall i mean you're telling them to only go to this event but maybe 
when this they're in that happen state. to them in another life. And that's, that's a possibility, yeah. too. Yes. Um, if you really want a good book on the subject, I recommend The Search for Bridie Murphy. Uh, it's a book that was done years and years ago, and it addresses one of the um, issues of how long it takes the soul to come back. It's uh, There are several other books that talk about this, but the average is between 17 and 20 years, um, at least one generation. Well, I mean, I'd like to think that, you know, if you want to take a little break, that you could. You know, that it, you wouldn't have to automatically jump back into something else. You know, I, I can't imagine that we're Dr. Sam Beckett leaping from life to life. I would think that maybe there is a need to, you know, there's kind of like a built-in need to have a, a, a buffer. Right. Yeah. Kind of like a, a little mental health vacation for you before you go and start all over again. Or maybe also there needs to be a time difference so that you can, re- you know, like you can be readjusted and not, because if you went right from one to the other, there's probably too much of a chance that you're going to come in with way too much information, which would kind of defeat the whole purpose of going back and living again. But then the other side of the whole reincarnation argument is if we're supposed to be learning and we're supposed to be evolving as spiritual beings, then why do we start over? You know, why can't we come through and just go right from one to the next? You know, why can't we just be Pokemon and still have the same powers that we had before, <laughs> but now we just have some new powers, too? You know, I don't know if that's even accurate. I don't know that much about Pokemon, but <laughs> forgive us. 508-996-0500-877-996-1420. Good evening. You're on Spooky South Coast. Hey, how you doing, Tim? Good. How are you? All right. I'm the guy who had called last week about past lives and all that stuff. And and I think we're uh, totally going off on different tangents here tonight, but we're trying to stick to kind of the root of it. Uh, that's fine. You know, we can talk shop and we can do, take uh, whichever way you want to go on that as far as that goes. Well, now, um, you had said that you had gone through regression four times, was it? No. Nope. Actually, I had... It's uh, it's a thing where I had, I had gone through... Uh, a number of uh, particular exercises and whatever else that opened up my particular perception so that now if something comes up, I can look at it, and if something pops in my, my mind, I might be starting to react on something, and I can spot, oh, there's also a reaction from, from lifetime, ABC or 1, 2, 3, or whatever it is. I've, I've had regression in a sense. But the system is a different thing than hypnosis because it's it was done on that gradient of you know consciously working on it a little bit at times so that your memory goes back a little bit further and a little bit further and then you're able to see more as far as that goes. Um, so it's kind of like it's like pulling on an elastic. You can only go back a little bit because if you pull back too fast, it's going to snap. Yes, but on the other hand, as you uh, as your awareness level increases. Um, then you can see more you, because you know more and so on. You can reach further. The uh, human awareness level, in theory, there's no top and there's no bottom. You can go all the way up. People talk about reaching enlightenment, but, you know, you can go past that, or you can go all the way down to the other end of the scale and go to anti-enlightenment or whatever you want to call it, you know, go out the bottom as far as that goes. And you get... A lot of times, so I think that some of the stuff that you run into 
when you're going out and you're looking with ghosts and stuff like that is that you're dealing with a uh, spiritual being who's actually in kind of rough shape to begin with. And so the perception is not all that great because they are still stuck in God knows what or so on and so on. Yeah, it seems like, though, that that's one of the predominant ideas behind this is that you can get stuck and that getting stuck kind of holds back your spiritual development and that if you're not able to learn from this life and and go on to something else that it's almost like you're doomed to repeat it and is that the way that you've seen it in, in the research that you've done that well it's uh, you should take you know uh, it's like you have the person who's uh, has to go on to AAA or to whatever other rehab type of thing where the, the common wisdom is is that you have to hit bottom before you decide that you want to get better as far as that goes. And so you may have people who are in that kind of condition, but on the other hand, you can have someone that's uh, in. Well, you need to be able to have to be fine and define the various awareness levels up and down a little bit more clearly so that you can recognize what you're dealing with. You know, like, uh, say, a person who's in a condition of, quote, suffering, unquote. That's as good as they get, you know, and uh, which is a pretty visible condition. Going down is with less awareness, they would get, they would go into a state of being kind of numb. And they would have to come up to bank suffering because that's a higher level of awareness. And they don't have the motivation to do that. But if you have someone who's able to uh, help them up and they know what the state, what the steps are and so on as far as even just the basic levels, how they go up and down, then the person can get into areas of awareness where they get a little bit more energy and they can perceive a little bit more and then they can then reach a point where they want to do something they can actually reach and they're not saying like oh it's not real to them that they are that they could do something or whatever else you know to be able to say that that someone could have hope or that they might want help with someone for a lot of these people in those conditions or those beings in that, in that condition is totally unreal to them. You know, you have to kind of get the next step up for wherever they are at. Not, not you know, it may be so over, the head, over their head. You might not want to say, oh, we're going to get you all Superman or whatever else. No, they may just be in the condition of they would like to hurt just a little bit less. And, and so, I mean, it sounds like even though it's happening and it's going to happen, you're going to go back and, and fulfill another lifetime, it seems like there is still an amount, you know, still a good amount of free will in terms of how much you're going to take with you and, and how much you're going to uh, take advantage of that other chance well, that you're being given. Yeah, well, if you looked over to the Tibetans, uh, the Tibetan uh, talks about past lives and future lives and stuff like that, and they have something called six realms or six heavens. These are six areas that you can be reborn into. One realm, which is the common one, is the human realm. You come back as a human. 
And another realm would be you are in the realm of the angels, semi-divine beings. The highest one would be the realm of the gods. Going down, you have things like coming back as a ghost or other nefarious or demonic or uh, diabolic creatures and so on. And it's all a matter of how much karma, quote-unquote, that you have, positive or negative. And in that system, the Buddha actually preferred people being human because there was the most neutral in terms of karma, positive or negative. And so for the purposes of, of attaining nirvana, he wants you neutral so that you're not tied into it and you can, just, uh, you can step off the wheel of karma and that be, uh, because you are in a neutral place and you can see what's going on. And that's why he val- valued being, uh, being human versus getting a lot of positive karma, being a deity, or having a lot of negative karma and winding up being something ghastly or whatever you want to call it, as far as that goes. Hmm. So you, but the point there is, is that in that system, it's a cycle. You can wind up in any of the realms, depending on on the karma and what responsibilities you take, and so on. It's too bad, though, that it, it you know it couldn't be nonlinear, because I would love to come back as Tom Brady if I had the choice. Yeah, it's it's possible. I see no reason why it's not multidimensional or or uh, nonlinear. It's just that. Well, Tom Brady is still Tom Brady, and you're not going to be Tom Brady, but right. you might be the equivalent in some other context. Although, if there was the ability to go from, you know, different, if it was a, a whole multiverse idea, it would explain why so many people are saying that they were somebody famous in a past life, because, you know, maybe you were at some point. Maybe, maybe at some point you got a chance to be Abraham Lincoln or. Yeah, well, well there are several factors involved with that, which are, are that, one, Somebody was those people. Somebody was George Washington or Benjamin Franklin or Abraham Lincoln or whoever you want. Name a famous person. Somebody was that person. On the other hand, the person often has such charisma and personality that they make a tremendous impression on the people around them. And so it almost becomes hypnotic in a sense. Thus, you had the common story of the people in French assignment, uh, French uh, lunatic asylum, saying uh, something like, "I am Napoleon." You know that that whole comic book type of thing. But it's based off of the thing of people being hypnotized into that personality, and they're so impressed by that that. The first thing you ask them is, well, what's the first thing that comes to your mind about your lifetime X? Napoleon! Hmm. When you may have been a soldier. French or English or German or whatever else. You may have been in the army that Napoleon beat the heck out of at one point in whatever battle it was. It's like, yeah, he terrified you. So that's the thing that comes to mind. And then here you are, 100 years later, and the first thing you come up with is like, and you're obsessed with Napoleon, not because you were, but because he's so terrified you, you want to find out everything there was to do with him. Or maybe make sure that you avoid him in, in other lifetimes as well. Or whatever, exactly. 
for that kind of person and so on. And so you run into this uh, type of thing of uh, the person who's, when you get into a recall, sometimes like if you have an execution going on, you don't know if this is, if you're picking up on the guy at the block who's freaked out about the executioner or you're picking up on the guy who's the executioner who really doesn't want to be one best the family job and he <laughs> doesn't want to deal with, with, with all these people there. You know, so he's, you, you don't know which side of the equation you're going to pick up on and you've got to be able to sort it out one way or the other. Well, we thank you again for another great phone call. We have to uh, take a break, but uh, thank you for checking in and, and for making us think a little bit more. Hey, have a, uh, have a good weekend. I sent you an email so you can uh, reply back, and if you want to talk more, we can coordinate stuff like that. Sounds good. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Take care. Bye. And now uh, we are going to take a break. When we come back on the other side, we can take more of your calls and thoughts, 508 996 877-996-1420. Back in a moment with more spooky South Coast here on New Bedford's News Talk Station, 1420 WBSM. Again, and if you are an unsigned artist, if you would like to supply us with some bumper music, then just email us, SpookyCrew at SpookySouthCoast.com, and let us know. We would love to be able to feature your music, but again, you know, we, we're looking for unlicensed music, because the station has all the licensing in place to play. You know, I could run music as bumpers like we used to, but uh, we were running into issues with the podcast. With especially with the YouTube videos, which you know, obviously tonight there's no spooky TV, but normally we have in studio cameras and we'll record that and post it up on YouTube. And YouTube in other countries doesn't play well with licensed music, so instead of just cutting out the music like it used to, it started failing to upload the you know failing to distribute the entire show, and so we felt like it was easier to just go with unlicensed music, and it gives us a chance to feature some artists out there that might not normally get radio airplay. So, you know, we prefer instrumentals. We prefer prefer things that have a, a spooky, creepy vibe or just anything kind of strange and unusual. Uh, so just email us, SpookyCrew at SpookySouthCoast.com. We were talking about this during the break, and I don't know how much we want to open this can of worms, and I really don't want to give the guy any publicity. Then don't. But. Yeah, let's, go, let's nope, not go there. I, I do have to say, I want to say something on this. We were talking earlier about how people don't do the research and that a lot of the people who are coming into paranormal world now are stuck on the outer fringes of things and, and, and stuck on uh, I shouldn't say the outer fringe stuck on the uh, you know the basic levels of things the beginning of things they haven't really dug really deep into it and this person that we were discussing is one of the people who kind of makes his bones on that you know taking people who aren't educated enough to know wait a minute what you're doing is not going to produce 
a quality sound. What you're doing is really just rigging this up so that it sounds like this, you know, and, and, and basically hoodwinking people. And that's one of the things that I've realized is that as people have failed to evolve in their research, they are easily getting hoodwinked. They're easily, it's no different than the person who has never really explored the paranormal at all, but then sees an ad or a, maybe a Facebook ad, maybe something locally, but they see an ad for become a licensed paranormal investigator. Come take this course for $250 and you will become a certified paranormal investigator. And it only takes Googling paranormal investigation certification for you to find out that it doesn't really exist. And if somebody is selling one, what's the point? Because it doesn't matter. But that's the thing. is, is people who are just getting into this and people are hoodwinking them. People are playing a shell game with them and they're falling for it. Because they're not bothering to become educated. It's almost like, you know, the guy who loses all of his money playing three-card Monty with some dude on the street. Well, you deserve that because who the hell plays three-card Monty with some guy on the street? You know you're going to get screwed. That's why he's there. I don't know. But but that's what bothers me. And and so now it's about to get worse because a, a national audience means a whole bunch more morons to peddle your crap to. All right, I know. I knocked that paper over. You throwing things at me? No, I dropped this paper and it shot that paper off. Sure. It happens. No, no. If I was throwing I have this whole much heavier sack of papers. Yeah. So anyway, that's that. I don't, I don't want to mention his name. Don't. It's not worth it. Those who have followed the show, you know. You know who I'm talking about. And I have also given juice. this person... I've contacted this person multiple times, asked him to come on, and he sees the messages and then chooses to ignore them. He won't so. come on our show because he's afraid of controversy. He's going on another show because I'm sure that they're going to nicely talk to him. Zero chance that he's going to get challenged on anything. Zero chance. Okay, so that's exactly why. So why don't we do all of ourselves a favor and let's stop talking about him. You know what we should do? All you're doing is sending people there. You know what we should do? What should we, we should do? just pander to people from now on. We should stop questioning and challenging anything. We should just pander to people and see how that goes. No. I don't think it, it'd certainly be easier. It's certainly the lazy way out. But why would we take the lazy way out ten, ten years later? Yeah, I'm getting tired. Tired of thinking. Well, I'm not as Thinking's old as you too two, hired, so I have tiring. some fight left in me. All right, you do all the thinking for all of us. I'll just, I will do You so. just tell me what buttons to push, and I'll push them. All right. got to teach me first, though. I'm, I'm, of course, I'm being facetious. But uh, that... We'll throw papers at you. How does that sound? But that is kind of the, uh, the biggest problem, is... It, you know, it's like... It, and I always try to find other ways of, of mm-hmm. putting what I'm thinking. But when you go to the gym and you said, all right, I'm going to start working out all the time. And you go there and you get on the treadmill. And you can handle the treadmill. The treadmill works for you. You can watch Netflix on your phone or read a book or listen to music or what. The treadmill works. And you're perfectly fine going, you know, whatever, 2.0 on your treadmill. And it's working for you. You lose weight. But you never go beyond 2.0 on the treadmill. 
You don't go try anything else. You don't try any free weights. You don't try and up your speed. You don't even up your incline. You just get on that treadmill and you keep going at 2.0. And that's what I think a lot of people do in the paranormal and they're happy with it. Like, yep, I'm fine with this. I can go out every Saturday night for the rest of my life and walk 2.0 on that treadmill and I'll feel fulfilled. Should I be upset about that? Or should I just say, hey, whatever, that's your life, man. You've done your due diligence by extending offers to this person. Well, I'm not people. talking about just about this. I just mean overall. Okay, but don't waste your effort on him. You, it's a platform he doesn't want to come on. But people in general, in, investing, people getting involved in this in general, should I feel like they need to you know, go faster or higher on the treadmill or try something else? Or should they just do what they do and keep doing? See, it, I don't know anything else where you have to feel like it's your job because you get involved to raise the game. How many other things do you have to feel like you have to raise the game in? I think, you know, I think part of it is because I come from a background of covering professional sports. It's almost like I look at everything as kind of a competition where you have to kind of one-up those. And I don't mean a competition in a way like you have to be better than the next guy sitting across from you, but you want to be the one that builds on that and increases that. I see this more as an art. Various people are artists, and other people are copying other person's styles and this and that and then embellishing upon them. It's you know, whereas and it's not so much a competition as it's individual flares being put on the same canvas. Hmm. I don't know. I, I think that I, if I start to dwell too much on it, I get worked up about it. But, so let's change the subject. Let's talk about ketchup and porcupines. But you know, I mean, you 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 have the conversation with me all week when I get. Why not? I'll be like, do porcupines like ketchup? They might. We don't know. They do like pumpkins. Oh yeah. They do like pumpkins. I'll tell you one thing. Teddy. That yes. that thing is adorable, man. One thing I learned this week, my dog does not like pork fried rice. Really? My dog is in love with pork fried rice. It's the first thing she ever ate when she came home. Oh, that one. My, the little one. Yeah. My dog got into the fridge. Mm-hmm. She can't even figure out how to, like, wait two seconds to pee before, you know, till I put yep. the runner on her and then go outside. You know, she can't figure out that, you know... I'm, when I'm getting up off the couch, I am going to go let her out. You know, all these like little things like you think she would figure out. Oh, Ruby. But she figured out how to open the fridge. Of course. And I'm, I, I tell her all the time, like, you are like the dumbest dog that ever lived, but you can figure out things that are bad. Mm-hmm. And so she figured out how to open up the fridge. And I came home the other day, and I had egg foo young and pork fried rice in mm-hmm. the styrofoam container. She had opened up the fridge, eaten all the egg foo young, and left the pork fried rice all over the floor. I'm like... Why couldn't you have just eaten that so that at least when I came home, I found an empty container and no mess? Right. Now I have rice everywhere. That so. is my little dog's favorite ever, ever, ever. Well, if I had known, I would have called and said, can you bring the dog over? She would have eaten it all and she would have been in all her glory. It's the first meal she ever stole from me. Ever, ever. Well, so. at, least, at, least, at least pick something cheap. You know, it's... Not yep. that much money, so when you... So the first night I brought her home, I didn't realize that dogs steal your food, because I'd never had a dog before. <laughs> like, you know, somewhere subconsciously I knew, but I wasn't thinking, because you're not used to hiding your food. I came back, and my whole entire plate was gone. 
and she was four pounds. My dog got into that. that I'm sorry. She was three pounds at the time. Oh wow. My dog got into the Halloween candy. Oh, that's not yesterday. Yes, and she's sitting there like hoarding the candy over on her bed, like hiding it. Like we tried to clean it up, and we keep finding more pieces. Mm -hmm. And there's like, I walk over there, and she's like trying to bite open a Hershey bar wrapper. I'm mm-hmm. like, you're going to die. Mm-hmm. Don't eat that. And like, yeah. you know, we had a... Yeah, some candy is really not good for dogs. We had an appliance... Well, chocolate is a big no-no. We had an appliance delivery happening at the same time. Of course. And I'm like trying to tell her, like, you are going to die if you eat this. And, and the guy's like, you're trying to rationalize with the dog that just tried to eat a whole bowl of candy, just so you know that. And I was like, I know. I don't even know why. <laughs> Thanks for sharing. I don't even know why I even bothered talking to her, because even if she can, look... The, the thing I'm finding more and more alarming is I'm finding more and more people look at me when I'm talking to them the way that Ruby does when I talk to her. <laughs> like with that kind of like that cocked head uh-huh. look. Like what are you talking about? And I just kind of want to smack you upside the head. like they're dogs. No, when the dog does it, I'm like, all right, you're just a dog. But when a person does it, I want to be like, you're not a dog. Oh, my God. So My yeah. dogs have been conspiring against me to eat my food lately. It's been a conspiracy for like two weeks now. I wouldn't. I would not be surprised. Uh, the cat outright does it right in front of you. The cat hasn't done it in a while because they stay away from the shepherd because they're afraid of him. So they taunt him from the top of the stairs. So we're good in that department unless I have food upstairs. Um, I don't even know how they ever stole my food in front of me. It was really strange. But they'd walk across the room with my food in their mouth. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I um, that uh, I'll never figure that out. I have no idea. Tortellini in the cat's mouth. Go figure. <laughs> but my my two dogs have been working together to steal my food. I'm not I'm not pleased. So the and I don't know we're we're going off on on tangents as we normally do here. But uh, Moniz, I, I don't I don't think we got a chance to ask you. Did you see Exorcism Live? Did you see the Exorcism on television of the? St. Louis Exorcist House? No, I did not. I was engaged in some other activities. Because apparently now, this is becoming a thing, uh, there's a story out there in the Daily Mail in the UK that uh, a family in Argentina that said that they saw eerie luminous shadows appear on their walls and objects move by themselves... Uh, Their son started drawing crosses on the bedroom wall of their family home in Argentina in a desperate bid to keep away these spirits. So they called in Bishop Manuel Acuna and Gustavo Farias. I should say Farias. Everybody in New Bedford's like, it's Farias. A specialist in electromagnetic fields who was called to check the house beforehand. So they called in to have an exorcism done in this house. And this is what I was afraid would end up happening when Exorcism Live happened, is that I was afraid people would start to think that any ghostly activity would require an exorcism. And and Stephanie, you deal with these spirits directly. You talk to them directly. Yep. How do you think they would feel about an exorcism to remove them when they're not demonic, they're just human spirits? It depends on what they were doing to do it. I didn't watch it, obviously, because we know how I feel about scary things. Um, so I don't know what methods they were using. But shouting at them to leave might not work out very well. Um, it also depends, at, like, are the spirits even aware of where they are and what's going on? Because that's always a huge question. Like, if I go into a house and people are reporting um, different activity, um, it honestly depends on... Like, I, I've looked at some spirits sometimes and have said to them, like, do you realize where you are and what you're doing if there's a family living here? 
and the majority of the time, they're just kind of doing their own thing. Right. Um, and that's what's causing the noise and the interruptions and everything else. And then some of them are extremely aware, have no idea why they're stuck where they are, and they're bothering the family because they need help. Have you ever run across any spirits in your mediumship that have deliberately said, yeah, I'm here to make their life tormented because of... Not really. Um, None have ever really come out and done that. Some of them feel territorial. I know you would know this because you don't watch horror movies, uh-huh. but in horror movies, the ghosts are always pissed. Right. I, and they I, always they I always want to make life living hell for the living. I get that. But um, some of them are a little territorial. They don't understand why somebody's in their space um, because they don't realize that they're gone, per se. Um, so that's a little bit of an issue. But as far as like an exorcism, I mean, an exorcism is really just a clearing but it's an exorcism because it's a religious thing. They do their own thing. They have their own way of doing things. Just like they came out in the news and said, the Catholic Church came out and said that there's no way that you can perform an exorcism because it takes a priest to do that. That's their own belief system. Right. That's not true. Every religion has an exorcism right. Um, right, but they have they, the... They have their own way of doing things, or it's not necessarily what we know as an exorcism. Like, that's a Catholic Church thing. They they have their medium... Uh, medium. They have their media embargo on it. You know, they have their media uh, control on it, I should say. Yeah. Where they get the spin because they're the Catholic Church. Right. So what, what they're saying is those other exorcisms don't count. But that's usually how the Catholic Church works anyways. Right. So, you know, like your your pagan holidays don't count. This <laughs> is, Your belief systems doesn't count. Okay. But they're not necessarily dealing with a demonic spirit anyways, so it's not even really technically an exorcism. Who's to say that I can't walk in that house with some sage and my weird powers and get rid of the same thing that they're trying to shout at. You don't really know. Well, we do have a call on the we line, do. so let's take that. Good evening. You're next on Spooky South Coast. I'm here. Are you guys there? We are here. Oh, very good. Interestingly enough, I picked up on the conversation as uh, you guys, as I called in. I do have to say, though, the Catholic Church definitely has the, uh, the gold standard as it comes to exorcism. Because mm-hmm. they certainly do like they. After dealing with all the churches, it seems like they have their stuff together more than all other churches, but to each his own, I guess. Um, I guess my main point tonight was to call about just the rant you went off about him. It was interesting about dealing with certain, I guess, politics among the paranormal field. There is. Um, there is some, yes. Yeah, well... I won't go into great detail, but at one point in time, I was interested in dealing with this on the extraterrestrial level, and I had a very bad encounter with a certain organization that turned me off to ever wanting to deal with that kind of group and people again. Would that be MUFON? You know, I'm not saying anything, but, you know, after listening to the show from many moons, monies, you definitely have a very honest way of saying the things that are on certain people's minds, so (laughs) I will digress to that. (laughs) But yeah, you know, and dealing with certain experiences and having dealt with certain people within certain organizations, it's definitely a turn-off. But um, I definitely don't feel that way about this field, you know, and uh, I'm glad that there's shows out there like you guys and certain other shows on, you know, not to plug Dark Matter Radio, but there's definitely, well, I hate to use the phrase, but coast to coast, um, 
radio shows that deal with this that are, are definitely pointing people in the right directions. Well, I think that's the, the advantage of it is it allows for people to have open dialogue about it instead of, you know, nobody's trying to preach that their way is the right way. And when I do hear shows that do that, you know, they, they, they turn me on. I mean, not just in the paranormal, but anything. You know, any of these political talk shows where it's it's got to be Rush Limbaugh's way or nothing else, you know, I just, I'm, I'm tired of hearing that. I want to hear some different viewpoints and I want to hear some different approaches and I want to hear some different ideas. Yeah, I can certainly appreciate that. You know, and I think that's, I, I think that's something that everybody could touch upon, you know. You know, this country was built on the idea that everybody has an idea of their own, you know, or everybody could, should be able to express their opinions on things. And it couldn't be all one way or the other, you know. Somewhere there's got to be a middle ground in it all. And obviously I, I won't go into politics because that's not what the show is about, but you know, it, it certainly has a, a feel that there's a little bit more of a idea in the paranormal field that there's the middle ground in anything. And that's one thing that has certainly gathered my interest that I know. Well, uh, hopefully we can keep continuing to live up to that standard. And, of course, all the great shows on the Dark Matter Radio Network, you know, it's 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 a variety of viewpoints, a variety of topics, a variety of ideas, and that's what I think makes it great. Nobody's trying. I mean, it's Art Bell's network, but he's never once, uh, neither he nor Keith has ever said, you know, here's the content direction. The only thing that they care about is making sure that you have top quality audio because that's what they're trying to provide for the listeners. So they've never actually had any kind of editorial comments. It's always just been about, you know, you have your own voice, you have your own say, you have your own exploration of the topic. Just make sure the audio is good. Yeah, certainly. And you guys sound great on TuneIn, that's for sure. And obviously you sound great on local. But, well, thank you, know. you. No, we sound much better on TuneIn. Believe me, yeah. we... Whenever you can, uh, you know, be farther away from us, hearing us talk, we're we're much better off. And if you want to share your experience that was causing you uh, issues with this other group, just email it to me or email it to the group, and I can forward it on to other people if that would help you. Sure. Yeah. Well, I certainly appreciate that, but at the same time, I think I'm kind of, you know, keep it moving. Yeah. And. Uh, I think, you know, for whatever reasons, there are energies in this world that move us towards certain things and certain people that are uh, meant to be where we are. You know, uh, we all deal with our own personal issues and our own personal things, and uh, there's definitely certain reasons why we uh, get to where we are. Well, your path is working, so stick with it. Thank you very much for the call. No problem. You guys have a good night. You as well. And we we are just about out of time for this week's show. We'll be back next week, though, uh, to talk more about the paranormal. I'm trying to get, I'm trying to work it out so that Ralph Sarchi can come on the show. Just his schedule's crazy right now with the Demon Files being on the air. But he sent me a message the other day and said, I know that I owe you an appearance. I want to come on. So we just have to work it out and find the right date. We will have him on. A lot of people have been asking me. Uh, because we had Aaron Flusinski on a few weeks ago talking about the show. Like, when are you going to get Ralph on? So we are going to have Ralph on for sure, just making everything work out. And, of course, we've got all kinds of great shows planned in the weeks coming up. So just tune in every Saturday night from 10 to midnight here when we do the show live and catch us on the rebroadcast on the Dark Matter Radio Network and, of course, the podcast, wherever podcasts are found. And if you want to reach us during the course of the week on Twitter, at SpookySC. 
You can also email us spookycrew at spookysouthcoast.com and you can always, you know, send smoke signals and, you know, mental telepathy as well. Stay spectacular.